and welcome to week four of this sermon series called The Future You. Right now, you are in the process of becoming the future you. Really, the only question is, who is the future you that you're becoming? And I honestly kind of hope this series has sort of demystified that question because the future you is not a question mark as much as it's um, an equal sign. You in 10 years, I'll say it this way, will simply equal the sum total of all of your thoughts, beliefs, prayers, actions, and decisions. To put it short and simple, you will get to where you're going to. The future you will not be an accident. It'll be entirely evident. You ever have one of those mornings, one of those days where you just mail it in from the get-go? You just hit the snooze button four times, wake up tired and in a hurry, no time to brush your teeth, lucky charms for breakfast, forget working out, let's just call it another recovery day. I gotta let my muscles breathe a little bit, you know what I mean? And then you stop at Starbucks on your way to work to, to get a, a venti mocha milkshake ice cream that you pretend is coffee. Somebody feels so attacked right now. Log 90 minutes of scrolling before lunchtime, worry about everything, pray about nothing, fast food for dinner, binge watch half a season, and then crawl in bed where you scroll for 30 more minutes just to make sure your brain is restless before sleeping. And then you got crazy dreams all night because you had a snack at 11 p.m., or is that just me? And you wake up the next morning so exhausted thinking, why do I always feel so bad? I'm just sick and tired of feeling sick and tired all the time. Why am I so exhausted? Oh, such a perplexing question mark is my life. Or is it more like an equal sign? I think if we're all honest, we know all too well how we got here and how we'll get there. And that's why I hope this series has given you some vision for the future you that God sees. Because with Jesus, you will never be more forgiven than you are right now. But also with Jesus, you have only scratched the surface in who you are becoming. Paul says this in Philippians 1.6, being confident, somebody say confident. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. This message is called, Face the Future with Confidence. Face the future with confidence. You can't tell me there's no confidence in you because the same power that raised Christ from the dead is alive and at work within you. He has not given you the spirit of, of timidity or fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. To me, that sounds like the ingredients of confidence. I think confidence just comes from realizing what is already true about you in Christ. Confidence comes from realizing that God began a good work in you and it's your God assurance of where he is taking you. And you have every reason to face the future with confidence. So let's do something fun. Imagine for a second that Red Rocks Church is gonna pay to send you on a one-week, all-inclusive vacation anywhere you want in the world. And all by yourself, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, all by yourself, you get to go anywhere you want. I want you to think of your place right now. Use your imaginations. It could be Hawaii. It could be Hong Kong. It could be Hutto, for all I care. Dream big, boys and girls. Anywhere in the world. You got your place? By the way, did I mention this hypothetical scenario is gonna fly you first class? 
And did I mention this completely fictitious imagination situation is gonna put you up in a, in a villa on the top floor of the hotel of your choosing? My imagination is so generous to you guys. Anywhere in the world, you got your spot? Because this is the participation part of the sermon. With confidence on the count of three, I want you to just yell out where you're going, okay? One, two, three. <laughs> Did somebody say Seattle? <laughs> Singapore, Seattle. I'm just an alliteration guy. All right, everybody look under your chair for a golden <laughs> ticket. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I tried to get Ethan to, to pony up and have us do that, but he dropped the God card on me, called it bad stewardship, so. <laughs> Guys, I'm as mad as you. Maybe madder. Are we mad together at him? I think so. It's fun to think about though. Here's the thing. I believe this with all my heart, that as much as you might want that trip, today we are talking about a topic that if you're honest, you want even more and it's confidence. And here's my working definition of confidence. Confidence is a sole conviction about God's goodness in your life and his intentions for your future. Confidence is something that is more desired than even a dream vacation. If you're anything like me, either confidence makes your day or insecurities break your day. Confidence is loving who God has made you and confidence is faith in who God is making you. I told our team this morning that my, my spirit is confident, but my flesh is insecure. And literally every Sunday morning on my drive to church, I have to, I have to tell my spirit to wake up and tell my flesh to, to shut up. And I remind myself every Sunday, this whole church was God's idea in the first place. The outcome is on him. And in my weakness, he is strong. And the dream is difficult by design, so I rely more on his abilities than mine. And if he's got me, then I've got this. And I just wanna tell you the same thing. I don't, I, like Regardless of who you are or what your season is, what your this is, God's got you. And that means you've got this. You've got this. You can raise these kids. You are a good mom. You've got this. They're lucky to have you as their dad. You're a good dad, you've got this. Maybe you just got laid off and you're looking for a new job. Maybe it's a new season. Maybe you're stepping out in faith. Maybe you just started that company. Maybe you just signed up for a dating app. Maybe you're just putting your heart back on the line for the first time since it, it got broken. Maybe you are, are in counseling right now to try to heal your marriage. Maybe you're going through FPU with $100,000 in debt. Maybe you're gonna lead a group for the very first time this semester. Look at me. God's got you, and that means you've got this. Don't let your faith hesitate. Dream bigger, live better, sleep deeper. Because if God's got you, then you have every reason to face the future with confidence. Matthew chapter 14, I think is kind of like a masterclass in confidence. One of my favorite chapters in all of scripture because it goes from Jesus feeding 5,000 people with one little kid's filet fish sandwich, to then, right after that, he's doing this, verses 22 through 33. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. And don't picture Lake Travis at sunset with your guac from your view at the oasis, okay? This is the Sea of Galilee and a storm 
is rolling in. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, and some translations will say the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake, because why not? When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. And as much as I love Peter's question, I love Jesus's response even more. Come on. I'm sorry, what? It's a little windy, what was that? Come on. Be careful what you pray for, God might say yes. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me, immediately. That word is for somebody in here. You're gonna cry out to God for help. And immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshiped him saying, truly, you are the son of God. That's crazy. I think of Jesus and Peter as a bit of a dynamic duo. And obviously Jesus is Batman and Peter is Robin. And obviously to say that's downplaying the difference between these two men is the understatement of the century. I understand that. Jesus is the constellation designing, universe owning, death conquering son of the living God and Peter can fish. <laughs> which turns out to be no small thing. But still, I call them the dynamic duo that can teach us a thing or two about how to face the future with confidence. Because if you're gonna face the future with confidence, the very first thing you need to do is what Peter did that night. Focus on Jesus. Because you move towards, I'm focused on you guys over here. That's why I'm moving towards you. You move towards whatever it is that you focus on. If you're a golfer, you know this better than anybody. There is a big difference between focusing on the fairway and focusing on not shanking it into the woods. If all you're focused on is just not hitting your pro V into the lake, you might as well save that golf ball and tee it up in the drop zone because you will move towards what you focus on every single time. And so before we give Peter all the attention in the story, let's focus on what Jesus is doing. Matthew 14, 22, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. So Jesus makes his disciples get into the boat and row to the other side of the lake while he climbs a mountain by himself to pray and wait for the storm. And I'm not saying God schedules the storms in your life. I am saying he knows they're coming, he expects them, and he uses them. Your diagnosis did not surprise him, your layoff did not catch him off guard. 
In fact, you wanna know what I learned from a, a Holy Lands professor this week about the mountain that Jesus climbed? I learned that the sea the disciples were struggling in was visible from the exact spot on the mountain that Jesus was praying for them from. Just because you can't see God doesn't mean God can't see you. In fact, go read Romans 8.34 later today. You will find out that right now Jesus is seated at the right hand of God in heaven and he's watching over you and he is interceding for you. Just because you can't see God doesn't mean he can't see you. And maybe the reason that Jesus oftentimes waits until the fourth watch of the night before showing up is because he's more committed to your calling than he is to your comfort. He's more committed to changing you than he is to comforting you. Oftentimes we associate Christ with comfort and the devil with disruption, when in reality it might just be the devil trying to keep you comfy and it might be Jesus trying to call you out onto the waters where your feet may fail. The fourth watch kind of faith, I'm saying I just feel like there's, uh, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of second watch faith, a lot of third watch faith, and there's some people in this room in your brutally challenging stormy season you're in right now, what God is doing is actually forging fourth watch faith in your heart. That's what he's doing. He's setting you up for the story of a lifetime. Focus on Jesus. And take note that before performing the miracle, Jesus prepares for it. That's the reason you start your year with a fast. That's the power of prayer to begin your day. Even Jesus had to get ready before walking on water. Prepare yourself in the presence of God. Prepare yourself in the presence of God. And while everybody else is rowing through life and striving from their own strength to figure out what they can do on their own, you are gearing up and getting yourself ready to find out what God can do through you. I don't wanna find out what I can do this year. I wanna know what God can do through me because it took the disciples nine hours of struggling to get to the same spot. It took Jesus nine minutes of stepping. I'm telling you, when you focus on Jesus and you start to do life his way, and slowly but surely you surrender different pieces of your life that you, you didn't wanna give him before. You say, okay, God, you can take this, you can have this. As soon as you start moving from giving the God of the universe your leftovers and you start giving him your first fruits, you give him the best of you, you, you start giving him the best of your day, the best of your time, the beginning of your paycheck, not the end of it. As soon as you start saying, okay, God, I'm gonna stick with you, I'm telling you at first it's gonna feel like the world is, is is getting ahead of you and that you're just missing your season, but I'm telling you, it will only feel that way. Because the God factor that you only get in, the God's, in this God's presence will have you, I'm telling you, all he has to do is open one door in your life. In his timing for your purpose, you will find yourself striding to where everybody else has been striving to. It's called the favor of his presence. I don't wanna know what I can do, I wanna know what God can do. The future you, don't struggle there alone when you can step there with God. Because when you get into the deep waters of God's calling on your life, trust me, you, you don't just wanna get there. You also need to be able to walk there. Confidence comes not from the flesh, 
but from the favor of the, of the God who allows you to, to stand where most people sink. God's got you, you've got this. Walking on water with Jesus, who by the way, will immediately catch you if you need him to. Focus on Jesus, face the future with confidence, amen? And then act like a leader. Act like a leader. We see this in Peter because everything rises and falls on leadership. I believe it was Andy Stanley who said, the hardest person for you to lead is you. You ought to know you tried every day and you were there for every bad decision you ever made. So today I wanna talk to you like you, you already are a leader because I believe the future you is and I believe God sees you that way now. So whether you're a mom or a dad or a, a big brother or a big sister or a nurse or a friend or a boss or an intern, followers of Christ are leaders of people. So lead yourself to face the future with confidence. When Peter sees Jesus, he says this in verse 28, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. Come on. Jesus didn't say, come on, Peter, by the way. He said, come on. With all my heart, I believe God wanted 13 people walking on water that night. One of them got out. I mean, I go, like, guys, our world, I just think, needs some inspiration from Christians right now. Not opinions, not instructions, inspiration from Christians right now because everybody's uneasy. Everybody is terrified about something that has to do with the future, and we need some Christians who will step up like Peter without all the answers even and lead themselves and say, this is what it looks like to live outside your boat. I'm not perfect, I never will be, but you can model your life after me when it comes to getting outside the boat. We don't have a safe God, church, we never have. We have a good God. He's the kind of dad who loves when his kids do dangerous things carefully. He's the kind of father who loves when his kids walk on lakes and storms. I see three ways to face the future with confidence by acting like a leader in just verse 30. Look at this. Then Peter got down out of the boat. He walked on water and he came towards Jesus. Lead your feet. But when he saw the wind, lead your eyes, he was afraid, lead your heart. Lead your feet to Jesus, regardless of where Jesus happens to be. My mom was in the front row at the 830, right over here. My mom, about 10 years ago, when me, Ryan, and Ethan were leaving to, to travel all over the world for a whole year to do mission work in some not so safe locations, we were at LAX and she said to us at the airport, she said, the safest place, the best place to be is wherever it is that Jesus is calling you. Whether that's here, whether that's in Haiti or India, whether that's out on a lake during a storm, you wanna be wherever Jesus is. You wanna be wherever Jesus is. Well, what happens if I get out of the boat and then it gets stormy and I start sinking? Well, then the water walking God who's next to you will immediately reach down and catch you. This is a better question. What if you don't get out of the boat and the storm sinks the rickety little lifeboat that you're in? 
and, and Jesus is out there. I mean, guys, this is, it's not the Royal Caribbean Symphony of the Seas here. I'm fairly confident this boat, if Jesus doesn't stop the storm, is eventually gonna go down. So what if you don't? What if you stay in the boat and then it starts sinking? I'm saying move towards Jesus, make some motion towards Jesus because Peter, Peter chose the sovereignty of God over his man-made security. You wanna be wherever Jesus is. I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't think you got anything to lose. I think life is short and storms are real, and so is heaven. And so lead your feet and make motion towards Jesus, wherever he is, because God can't steer a parked car, and God did not save you so that you could stay where you are. So lead your feet towards him. Go to Grow later today. Join a group next week. Get baptized in May. Start giving consistently, try him and just see what happens. Begin a, a Bible reading plan. Just lead yourself towards Jesus. So let me push you in your faith, especially if you've been coming around here for a while, but you're not necessarily walking step in step with Jesus yourself. You're in your boat watching others walk step in step with Jesus. Are you yourself in your faith moving towards God? Or are you standing on a move of God? Lead your feet, lead your eyes. I picture Peter walking on water because at some point, Pete went from concentrating on Jesus and considering the storm to all of a sudden concentrating on the storm and considering Jesus. And that is when he starts to sink. Lead your eyes. Are you concentrating and focused on Jesus and considering the news? Or are you fixated on the news? And every once in a while, considering Jesus and wondering why it feels like you're sinking in anxiety and fear. Lead your eyes. Because faith is both realism and optimism at the same time. Faith gives you the confidence to, to face the stormy facts of today. You don't gotta pretend this isn't there. Faith lets you face it, and faith gives you the confidence to face forward to the victorious future Jesus has for you tomorrow. Consider the waves, consider the wind, consider the world, but concentrate on the word. Lead yourself to him, lead your, your heart to him, because you got water walking blood in your veins, and your God's got miracles in the making for you. And if you pay attention long enough, I think you'll go, I wanna stay in this boat, but if you listen, there's a part of you deeper that wants to get out. Deep calls to deep. That verse we all quote, but nobody really understands it, and I don't really fully either. But man, I just, the depths of God are calling out to the depths of a future you that knows somewhere deep down that you're not actually made for the road most traveled. Whatever decision you're making, whatever you're deciding, with God, his way is rarely the easy way. But he's got you, and that means you've got this. Focus on Jesus, act like a leader, and charge the storm. 
verses 27 through 29. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come on, said Jesus. And then Peter, who by the way, is not necessarily the most confident person in the world yet, makes a pretty confident decision. You want some confidence? Just start making the decisions that the confident version of you would make. And I bet you confidence will start catching up to you. Peter gets down out of the boat. All right, transition. Both cows and buffaloes can smell storms. Did you know that? I didn't have like a better transition than that, so. <laughs> Both cows and buffaloes can smell storms when they're coming. But cows and buffaloes respond to storms very different. Couldn't be more opposite. Cows try to outrun the storms. And you've seen them, you know, you're not outrunning that storm. It's gonna catch you eventually. But buffaloes, and shout out to Coach Prime in the CU Bus 2023 football season. Buffaloes don't run from storms, buffaloes charge into storms. And here's the thing, cows get just as wet as buffaloes do because they can't outrun the storms. They try and all they do is prolong their dread and delay their lives. That's why buffaloes see the storms rolling in over the mountains and they just, that's the buffalo spirit. They just, they charge the storms head on. It's two ways to get through a storm. As a survivor and as an overcomer, you are the latter. You might not be faster than the storms of life. You are stronger than them. Deuteronomy 31.8 says, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. How good is this verse? He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Do not be afraid. That's a phrase that's in scripture 365 times, one for every day of the year. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. That is so good. That verse is incredible. He's never gonna leave you. He's never gonna forsake you. Be strong, be courageous. You've not been given, this, given the spirit of timidity, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And God will go before you, but he won't go for you. I made a new friend last month who was diagnosed with lung cancer three years ago. And she is just charging that storm like a buffalo, man. She has made lifestyle changes, exercise changes. She has quit bad habits. She has kicked an addiction. She told me she hasn't had a gram of processed sugar, dairy, or gluten in three years. I said, that's insane. How do you do that? And I'll never forget what she said back to me. She said, and I quote, you'd be amazed at what you can do when you have to. Wake up calls wake you up and you realize the, the reservoir of grit and godliness that's in you. The question is, can you wake up without a wake up call? Objects at rest wanna stay at rest. That includes us until an external force causes us to create motion but in the absence of a tragedy, in the absence of a crisis, 
Can you wake up? Awake my soul without a wake-up call because you'll be amazed at what you can do when you have to. The question isn't can you, it's will you. You can either try and outrun the storms of life or that buffalo mentality, you charge straight into it. And I'll give you an example. A few months ago, I was in a pastoral meeting with this young lady who was in a two-year relationship and she was sensing a breakup on the horizon and she was terrified of the storm. She was terrified of the heartbreak. And I said to her, I said, if I had an easy button on this table, that if you pushed it, it would just transport you, fast forward you three months from now, past all the difficult conversations, past all the pain, and you're out of this relationship, would you push it? And without hesitation, she said, absolutely. And I said, that answer to that question should shout to you. Who you're becoming is directly correlated to your capacity for storms. Your, your tolerance for pain. You've been putting off that, that tough conversation. Charging the storm looks like you show up for work. When am I gonna have this tough conversation? It's the difference between charging it at 9 a.m. and putting it off until 4.45. And all you do is you just, that dread is lingering all day. You just delay your life, that's it. Cows get just as wet as buffalo. You've been delaying this conversation and you've been postponing your dread. You've been running from rehab. All you're doing is postponing your purpose, that's it. But the heart of a buffalo is to charge the storm, have the conversation, make the decision, make the change. If you wait for the boat to sink, you will find out that you can swim. But if you get out of the boat, you will find out that you can walk in a storm. If God is for you, no storm can stand against you. And if God's got you, then you've got this, amen? And finally, endure till the good part. A friend of mine a couple months ago said, there's this new TV show and you gotta watch it. I'm telling you, it's gonna change your life. You just have to endure a little bit to get to the good part. Have you ever heard this? Have you ever said this? I have. And I said, okay, how long does that take? When's the good part? He said, about halfway through season two. I said, season two? How much time does everybody have? <laughs> season two? He said, dude, trust me on this. You have to endure till the good part. I feel so humbled and honored to get to be, I feel like God's messenger of what, of this word he has for maybe a lot of people in this room. He wanted me to say, there's something on the other side. If you're in a storm right now, there is something on the other side of this storm that is worth going through this storm for. And I know it's dark and I know it's hard and I can't imagine the pain and I can't imagine the stress, but if you don't endure through the hard part, you won't get to the good part. And I'm not sure who I'm talking to. Maybe you just got a diagnosis. Maybe somebody you love just got a diagnosis. 
Maybe a relationship just ended and it's painful. Maybe, maybe you need to end a relationship and it's gonna be painful. Maybe you just got, got laid off. Maybe you just had a huge falling out with somebody who is very important to your life. Maybe, maybe you've been thinking about suicide because you just can't imagine continuing to go on with life being this hard. And what you have to, you have to hear me shout this to you from God. It's not gonna feel this way forever. It's not gonna feel this way forever. You gotta live, you gotta get through the hard parts. Spring follows winter every year. Storms are dark, none of them are permanent. You've got more in you than you know, and God is forging a fourth watch kind of faith in your heart that's gonna leave you coming out the other side more mature and complete, lacking less, more fullness and completion in your heart. You gotta endure. You gotta live, you gotta you got get through the hard part to get to the good part. You gotta take confidence, not in your flesh, but in the fact that he who began the good work in you promises to carry that good work onto completion because in Jesus' name, you haven't seen the best part of your life yet. In Jesus' name, you, you haven't met the future you yet. You gotta endure to the good part. And I'm not gonna just, I'm not trying to give cold comfort, like I'm ignorant of what you're going through or, or petty advice that is cheap half-truths that, and, and kitschy statements that, that don't actually work. They're not helpful. I've been on the receiving end of that before. That's not my heart. I just, I want you to find out firsthand what Peter found out at 4 a.m. on the Sea of Galilee that when oceans rise and where your feet may fail, you have an opportunity to go for a walk with your savior on the water in a storm. And when this God has his way, I'm telling you, something has to break. Storms do what he tells them. First Peter 5, 10 through 11, and the God of all grace. The God of all grace. By the way, will you guys stand as we read this? We're gonna wrap up right here. The God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever, amen. And by the way, who wrote that? Peter. You've got goodness ahead of you. In fact, when you live in light of eternity, even if you're 95, the best is still yet to come for you. The more you focus on heaven, the more you will walk in that kind of fullness today. I'm telling you, heaven is not just some, is not just some coping mechanism that helps us deal with losing loved ones. Heaven is not just some crutch that helps us deal with the fact that we're all gonna take our final breath one day. Heaven is not those things. It is so much more real and familiar than you'll ever realize until you get there. And that is the kind of, that revelation is the sort of holy anticipation that I want you to walk in today because that's freedom that honestly, this life is enduring until the real good part. You've got an eternity of good parts waiting for you. You gotta live, you gotta endure. You gotta get there. There's more in you. There's a part coming to your story where there's no pain, 
and there's no cancer and there's, there's no loneliness, there's no more longing. It's just us with God on a new earth paradise of love and purpose and fullness and freedom. And we get a sneak peek of that when we see what happens when Peter and Jesus get back into the boat and everyone starts to worship the God man who justified the very laws of the nature that he created. Because that same Jesus, just moments later, even though he knows what's waiting for him in Jerusalem, and even though he knows there is a crucifixion right around the corner in his future, even though he knows there's a storm to charge and there is very much some very real pain to endure, even though Peter tries to talk him out of it, and even though in his moments of humanity, we see Jesus doesn't really wanna go through with it. This is what happens in Luke 9, 51. When the days drew near for Jesus to be taken up, he set his face, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. He set his face to go towards Jerusalem. He set his face with confidence to the future. Focus on Jesus, act like a leader, charge the storm, endure till the good part, set your face to the future with confidence because Jesus knows behind every crucifixion is an exponential resurrection waiting for me. And so he focused on his father. And he acted like the leader of all leaders and he charged right into the storm of all storms. And for the eternity of good parts with us in front of him, for the joy set before him, he endured. You're made in his image. If that God's got you, I promise you've got this. Face the future with confidence. In Jesus' name, amen. Best worship. I love you guys.